Now rocking with the best. Only two things can get you through this, man. Patience and persistence. Work harder than everyone. Be patient and just know that if you're gonna do something on your own, you're gonna have to feel some pain. You're only the boss if you put up your own money. If you don't put up your own money, I don't care how much somebody gives you. You're nothing but a supervisor. It's not yours. It, it takes fearlessness to be first. You know, to not move with a crowd, to move alone. I stopped living according to what people wanted me to do. I started living according to what actually made me happy. If you're not happy, change your life. Allow me to reintroduce myself. The Culture Talks Podcast with your host, Carlos Stutzer. Afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy C I double Z Y. You dig live action, Kansas City, Missouri, and we are back again with another episode of the Culture Talks Show, the Culture Talks Podcast, the Culture Talks Series, whatever you want to call it, man. We cover all of it, so um, I'm excited to be back with another guest. Um, and as I tell you guys at the end of every episode, I'm gonna come back next week with another fire guest, and I've yet to fail you. Today we have a you know, creative, a producer, a a a hit maker, um, a, a future legend, a, a a supporter of Kansas City art and and talent, man. So I'm excited to introduce you guys today. I'm gonna go ahead and let him say what's up and uh, go ahead, my boy. Let the people know who you First are. Off, the fire ass intro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm TJ. I'm one fourth of the Goonies. Um, we're a production group based out of Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, she just pretty much it we just try to i mean we start with the music and then we just try to make everything else happen for real from there i love it i love it and man i appreciate you tapping in today if you see me here on my phone this is where my questions are yeah, at. No, you good, bro. <laughs> <laughs> i just want you to know i ain't out here texting a little shoddies yeah, here and there. <laughs> you good bro but, but yeah man I'm, I'm super thankful for you to be here today uh the first segment of the culture talk show today is called the who is you segment so okay. as everyone knows you know depending on how you speak whatever you say you might be who is this person who are you but when i'm trying to get to know somebody or when somebody comes in talking and i don't know who they is i'm like who is you so I'm like, <laughs> you know what i'm like let's call it the who is you segment so um what I wanted to ask you today is for you personally, when was the first time you started to make music? When was your, what was your first introduction to music? Uh, well, making it very first time was like 2000, end of 2013, beginning of 2014. Uh, like we, I was around it. Like my cousins was in a rap group. Like I hooped, so I just didn't want no parts of that shit. Like bro, y'all got it in high school. And um, so, yeah, it just ended up kind of falling in my lap. And then, like, the one of the members, Dre, like, we started it together. So, like, I'll just go to his house every day, and then he'll have it. He'll just be working on it. Beats was terrible. Our shit was so terrible. But, yeah, it was, like, 2014. And so did you guys start originally with the idea that you wanted to do a production group, or were you guys trying to be a, a, a rap group or a – R&B group what was was the initial focus to be producers yep so me and Dre basically like that being my homie since like third grade so we was just like we just gonna be a production duo together like shit the Neptunes or some shit like that so then we had a mutual homie uh like uh his name's Sam and he was like bro y'all should make beats with Goof and that's the light-skinned one with Dreads that's in the group and um uh, like Dre reached out to him and then Goof didn't ever respond back 
So Sam hit him up like, bro, I think y'all should link up. And then Goof, it was actually Goof's idea. Like we linked up, it ended up clicking. And then like uh, Goof was like, bro, y'all want to be a, a group? And like I got a name, he had a tag. So like he really had a vision even before like he met us for real. So I give him the credit for that. I love that. And and being that the, the other three aren't here today and you kind of introduced them a little bit, but can you go ahead and just drop the names of everybody who's uh, a part of the group and maybe the, the role there they play or how you met them? Okay. Um, yeah. So Dre, uh, he go by Drizzy. That been my homie since, again, since like third grade. Like, and then as we got older, I found out like my, his moms and my cousin was close growing up. So she, the family ties, um, goof. I just knew him through like hooping, um, throughout when we was kids growing up there are like our, we only got four five high schools over here so like our shit really small in Kansas so everybody know everybody and then Tez he started coming around um like kind of as we got older because he's a little younger um so he was just coming around like my homie Jarrell he was with my cousin and that's who was making the beats and stuff like that but in, in the Jarrell and Jock they was in a band so that's how we ended up getting Tez and Tez will come over and just play the keys. And we like, bro, just join the group, bro. <laughs> like, just join like, the Stop group. waiting. Stop waiting. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how, that's how it formed. And then us four just really just rocked out. I love it. I love it. And so you said you started out hooping. So was that your first love growing up hoop or was it another sport or, or what was your thing growing up? And, um, you know, talk a little bit about your childhood. What part of town you grew up in? Brothers, sisters, cousins, if you feel comfortable sharing. Just oh, talk yeah, a little yeah. bit about your childhood. Single parent household, just me and my little sister. Um, shit, very first game. I think I just turned the game on accident. It was like the Lakers and uh, somebody. But the goal was just so enticing to me. I'm like, bro, I'll fuck with that. And then I was probably like eight. It's probably like 2000. Yeah, I was probably like eight years old. And I just fucked with Kobe. Ever since then, bro, that, that was my nigga. So I'm a big, big Lakers fan. Um, I fuck with cartoons heavy. That was like me and my sister's way of bonding because she didn't like sports. She didn't like for real shit else. But we bonded over cartoons so we could sit and watch cartoons for hours. Um, I grew up in KCK. Oh, shit. Went to Banneker Elementary, Eisenhower, Sumner for high school. Pretty simple. Shit. Um, I hope. Yeah, I played sports. Uh, Shit, that was pretty much, yeah, I, I was pretty laid back, bro. I didn't really, I partied a little bit, but I wasn't really the partying type. So it's really crazy how, like, music fell to me because I was I, I fuck with music tough. Like, I remember I used to run around telling niggas Kid Cudi was the one, and niggas used to laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, I might want to hear that shit. And it's just crazy to hear how fucking music, that's where we are today. Like, everybody's vulnerable. Everybody can be emotional and shit like that. So um yeah that's pretty much my little upbringing for real I really I, I love it and, yeah, you kinda, I and you and you touched on two things you touched on you know let's let's do the little next Neptunes or something and you also mentioned Kid Cudi so um speaking of like musical influences growing up like think about let's say your middle school high school years who were some producers that were really popping at that time I'm sure there were specifically artists that that you like but talk about some producers that really you know you thought made some huge hits during that time that you listened to a lot I was in middle school is Neptunes because shit 103 was pretty much all we had well like because my mama wasn't for that music like that cussing hell she wasn't going for none of that shit so that's I, I attribute her for like a lot of my old soul and why I like a lot of old music and R&B music 
But like I'll say, yeah, the Neptunes, um, shit, the track masters. Um what else was pretty big? Damn shit, Jermaine Dupree. And like and and these was big, big producers, so you know you would see it. And like I didn't understand, you know what I'm saying? You just seeing them, like damn, he next to Bow Wow all the fucking time, the Pete Diddy's, you know what I'm saying? Uh yeah, so yeah, Dr. Dre, I would say Dr. Dre, P. Diddy, because Eminem was definitely banging when I was in middle school. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's funny because a lot of people, you know, and I get it, because at the end of the day, you know, we created the culture, you know what I'm saying? We popping, but a lot of people forget how nice that boy is, man. Nah, being crazy. It just, it's the same. It just got to where, like, I mean, me personally, it just got to, like, it didn't elevate for me. Like it stopped being relatable to me after a while, and that's all it was. Like I'll never take the pen is still crazy. You right, know right, we can exactly. still say it's just in our culture we just trash it. We just be like instead of saying it's not for me, we be like, bro, that shit trash. <laughs> simple. Right, that's, that's a fact. We say that about anything. Basketball teams, whatever. We just can't. We can't be like. I like cut such and such. If it's if I don't like a little bit of it, nah, I ain't fucking with it at all. <laughs> that's a fact that's a fact it's funny because i was just listening to a podcast um where pharrell was just talking about his history growing up in the game and and they were talking about his influence on like jewelry culture you know like big chains like and i didn't really remember him rocking big chains but he was talking about like yo he was jeweled out son had like he said i had one he said i decided to throw one cuban link at a cuban link at this size then another cuban link at this size then a larger one and then i was <laughs> like because everyone i feel like nowadays views pharrell as a very calm because he is but like a calm spirited like you know super uh, mellow humble individual and he is but it's like people forget he had a huge influence on 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 culture in terms of dressing and jewelry and and style when 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 the neptunes was popping and when he was starting to blow up so that's, it's that's hard no matter i feel like no matter who you are no matter like what your character is reaching that type of success like it's just it's different like even though he still is the even kill person even then but like fam i'm on a different level i've never been here i'm on top of the world like yeah, I'm going to swag a little bit. I'm gonna... Right, exactly. It's funny because I used to always thinking about that. I was like, think about that. I'm like, when I when I go, you know, when I grow up and I, I become successful financially and whatever I do, I'm going to be super humble. I'm just going to wear basketball shorts and T-shirts. Then I started thinking about it. I was like, that's big cap, to be honest. Like, at, the, at least at the beginning, you know, like, I'm like, I'm definitely, you know, yeah, I'm going to cop me a little property, a little, a little bit of assets, you know what I'm saying? Get a little bit of stock, a little bit of, you know, real estate. But I'm definitely going to pop out here with it's a little bit. Got to. I got to. Exactly. Exactly. So, so you start producing, you guys kind of like naturally form a group, like supernaturally things just start to evolve into a group. You guys, um, how do you guys come up with the name of the Goonies? Where does that come from? Who came up with that? Goof had the tag from the movie The Goonies, so it used to be like The Goonies, like that shit, and we just rolled with it. He was like, bro, I already got the tag, I got the name for us, and like he tried to do it, I feel like with some producers who was out of state, but we was all young, and people didn't understand, like, being on the team, like, with it being four of us, if one of us don't fuck with it, it's not gonna work, like, it's just, 
it's just not gonna work. And that's with any team for real. So um we just clicked all the time, even though we still, I mean, we had disagreements on certain shit or whatever. It's we keep it in circle and you know what I'm saying, nobody will ever know, and we move on past it. But like it, it will only be some musical shit anyway. Like right. dropping that song or somebody be like, bro, hell no, nah, we ain't dropping that. Some shit. <laughs> Guys navigate that though like say there's an artist that reaches out to the group and they're like we really want to do some work with you guys and two of you guys are like yeah he hard and the other two are like we don't really rock with his energy or with the with the you know his musical energy how do you guys what does that conversation look like how do you guys navigate if you're going to work with somebody or not you handle it <laughs> if you fuck with them like because i don't never want my personal bias or my personal feelings or and that's how everybody feel and we talk about that pretty often like don't ever let that affect business like if you like his music and because even still we a group we still are individual producers so like if somebody comes and i know he want he looking for a specific, a specific sound and i don't really partake in that like i'll make some trap but that's not really it like goof really that's it so i would just either offer him to talk to Goof or I just send a pack of Goof beats and then send Goof the bread or have them c connect somehow like that. So, nah, we ain't really never had no issue with uh, like that. But I feel like if it was, that's how I would really go. But we ain't never had, it might be like one, but three override runs. So we'd be like, bro, shut up. You'll be all right. <laughs> Nah, that makes sense though. That makes sense. But nah, we ain't never really had no. And if it do, if it ever had came today, it was might have been like a personal shit. Like, bro, shut up. Like right. this this is music, bro. At the end of the day, that's a fact. Yeah. How, so how do you guys, you know, or or you personally, how do you work through producing for friends? So I'm sure there's a lot of friends of yours growing up that started to make music, start and became artists. And um oftentimes you know, unfortunately, something we see in our community a lot is people, you know, seeing that you do something and asking for something for free or like, you know, let me just get a little discount. How do you navigate producing for people who are close to you who might, you know, seek out a handout? And maybe that's never happened, but maybe how would you navigate that? Uh, nah, you, you got to just treat it as business. Like that friendship is that friendship. Like no matter what, we still going to be friends out of this, but um uh, what we've run into when it was that it would be a lot of times they would, they think they want to rap because they see us making beats or you around the energy. And yeah, the energy is fire when other rappers is coming in and you see, and they're like, man, I can do that. And yeah, you get high and get the rapping and shit. But then when you really got to put that work in, people be like, man, nah, I can't, I don't want to fuck with it like that. So we had a lot of time wasted like that. Cause we would be invested in our friends. Like, bro, we'll just throw you beats, bro. Like, you my dog. I'll just throw you beats. We can split it on the back end, bro. Like, let's just make music. But then it took a point, it just felt like people just not even took advantage of the beats. They took advantage of the time because they'll be like, bro, they might homie. They'll be there. But like, no, we not because we really care about this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't come to your, wherever you work at and just be messing around, messing with your money. You know what I'm saying? Where I could be spending time doing this or doing that in my music field like because it's us we don't have no manager we don't have nobody outside working for us so it's us sending the emails to other people it's us trying to find placement opportunities it's us running uh being engineers on top of still having to be a family man at that because dre got kids dre and ted excuse me dre and ted's got kids you know what i'm saying 
uh, my girlfriend got kids, so it's a lot. So that's why it's just really a time thing for real, for real. Um, just having to tell them, bro, like we can't waste no time. And like my homie TJ, he's our close friend, but like we had to, it's he one who like respect the craft. So it's like, we'll be having to beg him like, bro, just rap on the beat. You, you don't, cause he's so with principles and like, no, if I, if it's, if I get the beat, I got to buy it. Like, and if I get studio time from y'all, I just want to do the process right. And I feel you, but like, I'll be like, dog, you my dog, bro. And I'll do the same for a lot of artists. Like a lot of artists will say, that yeah Tia opened that door and you could just pull up and record just because I understand like sometimes we don't have it sometimes as the black man this is your only outlet yeah I ain't doing shit bro come get it out real quick bro you know what I'm saying come come get them emotions out on this song and we can go on home bro I love that I love that and speaking of that um how do you feel like music you know connects to you like spiritually how, how do you feel um about music outside of the beats just being, you know, oh, this is hard. Oh, I'm gonna get some money off of this or whatever it might be. How do you connect with beats? What is it about beats or production that that really makes you happy or joyful or feel good? Uh, yeah, for real, it used to be the weed that just would get me lost in the shit. Like, bro, you hear that? And then um, as it grew, it was like, uh, like I kind of found a, a sense of peace in the beats, like, um, trying to think of one like uh bj chicago kid and um kendra got a song and it's like the beat for real for real really just like it used to make me cry just the beat before i even really start paying attention to the words and stuff like that and when you say spiritually like i always say like music healed me like really just like healed me on a on a spiritual level to just open my eyes to who i who i am as a person um, who the, what the world is, what can I offer to the world? Just, bro, many things, bro. Music has the sound of music. And then when one thing, one person taught me, like, music and, and numbers are universal. Like, every everybody in the world, no matter where you go, gonna understand some numbers, and they like good music. I was like, bro, I just want to offer that, because good music is what brought me out of everything I was going through, so... If I can offer healing to the world for real, or that's that's really I say that all the time. Like, I just want to offer healing. Like it, it, we need it. We need it as a people. We need it as a world. We need it as families. So if I can help jumpstart it, then I'm cool with that. Like that's a win for me. Big facts, man. Service to the world is always the best way to, you know, find success. We get so lost in the bread, which of course we need, and man. of course we desire. Like don't get me wrong, but like the best form of joy, the best form of happiness is doing for others. You know what I'm saying? And if we can do that through our craft, whatever that may be, producing, drawing, photography, um, you know, maybe you run a bit, uh, running a business that, that, that serves society in some way or provides a service or, or, or solves a problem. Like that's the best feeling is when you realize that the work you did, like really connected with somebody or provided a service somehow, whether that's mentally, spiritually, physically, materially, whatever it is, just as long as you're providing a service in some way, it's always going to bring some joy. So I feel you on that. Um, <clears throat> so as a personal question, do you think that all producers should learn how to mix master and engineer, or do you think they should just know how to make beats? And, and that's it. Do what, what you feel. Cause like, um, 
if you don't want to mix, just find somebody who's just, I feel like uh, what a lot of the problem is, is because everybody wants to do everything and nobody be really great at nothing. So yeah, if you really great, find if you're a really great producer and you're okay mixing engineer, find a cool mixing engineer. Like that's really it. Like it's not, I mean, it, and a lot of things be the money thing. Like you were saying, bro, people just want all the goddamn money. <laughs> it's like, but for the quality to work, like if you look through credits, it's seven people on one song and everybody did something different. And it's just because it's a different set of ears and he has a different profession. He's a, he's great at this. So why not let him be great at that and add that to this song instead of trying to force it all. So I feel like just nah, do what you're great at. Like Russ is an anomaly. It's not going to be many of those who can fucking rap, sing, mix, master, record. Like, it's not many of those. If you can, shit, kudos to you. Them low-key be the best engineers, too. It's the artists. I like that. I like that. That was a great answer. Um, so I know a lot of artists, a lot of creatives face challenges in life, um, whether that's family, whether that's work, whether that's money, or just trying to figure things out while also trying to chase their dream as a creative. Um, so for you, have you ever felt like giving up on music or felt like you were coming to a point where it just wasn't worth it? If so, how did you overcome those feelings? No, I never, like, I never quit. I never, once I started, I felt, I, I understood where I went wrong in hooping. So I just applied every, all of that, everything I knew, everything which, I went which is wrong. What, which is what, where'd you, where do you think you um, went wrong with hooping? Don't put your, um, like, don't put your nothing in nobody else's hands understand what you get like even though we didn't have the resources like these kids got you can have somebody just put a phone out and just be like hey bro record this whole game i'm gonna chop it up myself uh i could have been more knowledgeable on that and then just understanding what i'm really getting into like i understood basketball but as i got older i really understood the game you know what i'm saying you understand little shit like angles you understand the mental part of it shit like that and so um and it was one of my biggest adversity because I always, I won my whole life. Like I got two state titles, shit like, like I won. Then after that shit, I hit a fucking bottle. So it was like, hey, what you gonna do, bro? So then, then I just used to think like, shit, you down 20. Or is y'all gonna fold that half? Or is you gonna come back and, you know what I'm saying? Pop bottles at the end of the game. So that's how I just used to look at it, look at life. And now I, I would be at work. Like, I got to quit this motherfucker. Every job, I mean, I'd have probably, I'd have every job you could think of. I said being a porn star. Like, that's it. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I just got everything possible, bro. Like, and I saw that clip, like, this ain't it. But I did have one that was like an eye open. We used to work at the Sprint Center and we was doing operations. And um, what that was was crazy because they was trusting, like, me and Dre was young, too. It was us and, like, a bunch of 30-year-old fellas. Like, they was trusting us to build, like, the stages for the performers, uh, take chairs out in the audience and see them right. We used to have to put the basketball court down when the Big 12 tournament came. So you would see, I would see success. Like, I seen a whole Justin Bieber concert on some bullshit just at work, but I'm like, bro, I need that. Like, I, that's the type of shit I want. I seen the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I seen, and the shit that really did it, I don't know this man's name, but shout out to him. It was a Mexican man. I never seen this many Mexicans, bro, and 
in the one place and it was crazy. He was singing like, it was kind of like opera, but somebody was like, he like one of the biggest singers over there and people was crying and then he would sing a song and they start dancing. I'm like, bro, this feeling right here is what I want to create for the rest of my life. So however I got to get to that is, is it. So I just thank God for the stuff I've seen and to that I think that's helped would make me not quit as well, for real. Like the situations I've been in, I've just been kind of blessed for real with this music shit. So I love it. And I think you make a good point there that that I think about all the time when I'm working, you know, jobs that just ain't it. Um, cause I'm in the same boat as you, bro. I done work so many damn jobs just because every job I'm at, I'm just like, bruh, I'll do this for a little bit, but this ain't it. I know I need to get this podcast off the ground. I know I need to blow these t-shirts up. I know I need to just be out here helping people with their creative, whatever it is. I know this ain't it though. I know I ain't supposed to be here, but the reality is like, you know, every space you're in, you're supposed to be there for that moment. And if you tap into that energy, you know what I'm saying? And like you said, at that job, you might have enjoyed some days and hated some days. You might have it might have took a lot of hours out of your day that you could have been working on finding new artists to work with or making new beats, but it inspired you in some way, some fashion. And that's that was your choice to look at it that way. You know what I'm saying? So what you just said about tapping in was like music helped me to like tap into appreciation. Like I I appreciated shit, but I didn't. Like, but now I appreciate pretty much like every little thing because like even little gestures because you come to realize people don't have to do that or this didn't have to fall this way you know what i'm saying so like and i think music has helped bring that to me because through every job that i've worked on i'd be like damn i couldn't have this job still you know what i'm saying or i would still try to find a good like in every damn job whether it would be um me doing some sweeping shit or them hire me at PetSmart as a manager for no damn reason. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he said for no damn reason. I don't know nothing about no puppies. I don't puppies, know shit about no animals, but <laughs> hey, whatever. So yeah, nah, that's, I like that for real. Cause that, that's, that's big. Yeah. I think my favorite, my favorite thing I always say, and I'm sure somebody told me because I don't really believe that all thoughts are original. I'd be thinking that everyone pulls something from someone else. Not not like like trying to steal from anybody else. It's just we all we all get game from different things, and then we like turn it into our own thing. But one thing I always will say is perspective drives performance. And anytime you you shift your frame of uh, of mind of how you perceive things, you can choose pick and choose whether you're gonna look at this as you know something to grow from and to learn from, or something to to you know just gloss over and take an L on so I feel like you know with working these jobs that every creative that's listening to this right now has probably had to do at one point or is still doing right now is like you choose choose how you're going to look at the job you know what I'm saying you don't have to be there forever as long as you choose not to be there forever you don't have to you know think about it as a horrible experience every time you go into your shift you know you know change your perspective figure out what you can learn from this job what you can take from this job for the month you're here or for the six years you're here, whatever it is. So I think that's a, a great point that you make about, or, you know, just sharing your story about the Sprint Center. So um, how do you, for other producers out there who are who are coming out right now and they're just starting to start selling beats or they're just getting into production, how do you price your beats? Like, how did you, I mean, you don't have to give all the game, but like, how do you figure out how much to charge for a beat? And, um, you know, how do you pitch that? Kind of in going up. Like 
we kind of base it off of history and then we kind of base it off of like what we've done. It's like a combination of things. So like history, what we've done, um, what and what we feel like our worth is combined with our market of where we are, stuff like that. So uh, I say just shit, charge what you feel like your shit worth, bro. Like if you can't get discouraged at the nose, we still get hella nose. But that yes gonna definitely outweigh fit all 50 of them no's. So if you selling your shit for 500 and a hundred niggas say no to that, and somebody come along and be like, bro, I want three of this of these. Or, or do you feel bad? You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> complaining, like, yeah, you could have sold it multiple times, but obviously it wasn't for them and shit like that. So no, nah, I just say really just charge what you worth, bro, what you feel your shit is worth. And then off of what you and, and taking consideration of your market as well and the work you've done. Like if you ain't really done shit, you can't really come out here whacking for 200 to, you know what I'm saying? You can, but don't come out here telling me I got paid 500. I ain't never heard of nothing from you. This your first beat ever. Like, yeah. And I, li- I like the way you said that because like, here's the thing. You should definitely value your work and charge what you feel like you're worth. But you also, like you said, have to take into consideration your history, what you've done. And if you don't do that, like, I mean, you might get business here and there. But one thing I always thought was funny, I ain't going to lie. Look, it is like not not producers particularly, but a lot of these artists who literally just started making music or nobody knows who they are, you know what I'm saying, yet. But they come out here trying to tax, you know, two, three bands for a future. I'm like, dog, I'm like, look, I understand you value yourself and I respect that. I do respect that. But what I don't understand is where you see you're providing value for others. Like, what is the person that's giving you three bands going to benefit from aside from just having you on a track? Because they're paying you for a reason. You know what I'm saying? There has to be a reason, a problem you're solving, a service you're providing, like a a, a value. What's your value proposition at the end of the day? And you got to know your history. I always ask, like, when you're spending some money in music, like a lot of it, especially like marketing for features, shit like that, how are you going to get it back? What are you going to do to get it back? So if you pay a feature for two bands, is he going to push it enough? And are you going to push it enough for it to bring you back? 2000 because you're already in the hole with that so now you're trying to get into the green so now you have to make 2000 plus you know what i'm saying so it's like is it really a smart investment at the end of the day yeah it's a cool look but then if you do a feature with somebody out of state and then you never go to their state you still you lost that you know what i'm saying y'all don't do a video or if they never post a song right because <laughs> that just- was your purpose Right, exactly. I like that because ain't nobody really trying to break even. You know what I'm saying? You go, you go in there, and then you do some music with this person, and then you break even on the money. You get your 2K back, cool. But like, you didn't gain anything. Hopefully, you gain some fans, but you don't even have that guarantee because they shared your shit twice. So sometimes like, people don't even look at it like building a relationship. Probably the biggest value, and people don't even aim for that. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a major fact. Man, I love it. Um, so the last question I'm going to ask you personally is what's the, the most challenging aspect of the music industry in your opinion? Uh, I say not letting it jade you, like not letting it turn you. Cause 
Like, niggas are scandalous. This shit is scandalous. Like, everything you hear and people be saying, like, we not even in it like that, but just dealing with it on the whatever level we are, like, it's just, it's a scandalous game. It's a lot of for self. So the ones that you do run into that is really genuine, like, I think all of those, like, we look out for each other. Like, those creators look out for each other. So, that's what I was. I'm kind of kind of forgot the question. Nah, he's good. good. Now nah, you answered it. Um, so the next segment is called Legend or Bust. So I'm gonna name a few artists and producers, and I'll you know, I mean, you might just say they're all legends to be honest. So it's probably probably, probably didn't put together the best list, but either way, um, maybe just give your opinion on 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 these on these people. So uh, Kanye West, Legend or Bust, super legend, super legend. Favorite song from Kanye. Hmm, that's tough. I ain't never been asked that. That's a tough question. Uh, I'm gonna say gone. I'm gonna say gone. It's probably gonna change before this podcast over. But you know how I know that was a thoughtful answer because I ain't even gonna cap. I don't even know that song. I gotta go listen to see if I if it if it if Whenever I listen to it, then I'm gonna be probably be like, oh, Lay I registration. Lay registration. Okay, all right. Let's see. Uh, Nas. Legend. Okay, you have a favorite song? Not really. If I wrote the world, I ain't really a big Nas fan. All but. good. Hit boy. Super legend. Stupid legend. <laughs> Stupid legend. Stupid mm-hmm. legend. If all right, so if you and if you and Hit Boy were to collab on on producing a beat for an artist, what artist would you want to uh, produce a beat with Hit Boy with for? <laughs> I give you two. For the music wise, Larry June. Okay. Okay. For the bread, Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> I like that two part answer. That's good. Okay, I like that. All right, Murder shout beats. out Hit Boy because he hella cool with a, a guy from KC. That produced he produced the racks in the middle with him. Oh, where, where, where? Okay, I didn't know that those. I know who you're talking about, but I didn't know that they collabed on that. Yep. So let's see. Um, Murder beats. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm weak because it, yeah. there was a facial reaction right there that was funny. I ain't going bus, is, bus is crazy. I don't want to call him a bus, but I don't want to say he. Was was I? That that. I, <laughs> We're gonna say bus. We're gonna say bus. Word. All right. Fat Joe. Legend. Legend. Okay. Well, you got a you got a song that, that comes to mind. You don't gotta say a favorite song, but a song that comes to mind when someone says fat Joe. Feedback was crazy in my era. Feedback <laughs> was crazy. That boy, that song went wild. You know, you know what's funny? It's like I don't exactly know exactly how old you are, but I think about some of these songs that were like just bangers when I was a young buck and I don't even club but I really wish I could have been in the club for some of these songs I like sure. going I stupid like I I can only imagine in 03 hearing because I was 11 I'm I'm 28 so I was 11 then I can only imagine hearing in the club Bruh, you in the that's club? the song I was thinking about that's <laughs> like, the song I, can I was thinking only about imagine hearing that shit or like if you in New York and you hear Wangsta and you know what the fuck really the situation really going around right like, that shit different. I was like, but yeah, that's that's some different shit. Or even shit like you watch Snowfall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
just watching this and hearing the music like in the club scenes, so I get to thinking shit like that. Like, bro, niggas was really off the crack listening to fire ass music in the club. You know what I'm saying? That's like, crazy. Nah, it, 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 I know that was a vibe, man. Um, okay, Jay Z. Super legend. Super legend. Fat Tone. Legend. Timber. Crazy. Before oh, I could start listening to the story about that nigga real quick. Before I even listened to started doing Casey music, I wasn't really a big fan of it, but I was a Fat Tone fan. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's real. That's real. I can feel that because that that the I know it's a cliche song, but uh oh damn, what's the name of this song? Uh Beat blast. Ah, oh, damn. I can't. It's like send tra- traffic beat blasting. Uh, wow. Hey, honey. Hey, no, 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 no. That's it's, right. That's wrong, man. Yeah, yeah. Because I was about to say that's wrong. Uh, damn. I'm struggling. But either way, I, I it'll come back to my head in a second. But uh, all right, Timberland. Legend. You have a you have a song or a project that 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 Timberland reminds you you know that he's done that that comes yeah. to mind. Uh, it's a genuine project, his first one, and it was because Godzilla. They did like the a song for that motherfucker. I always I don't know why, and it's the he used it as a sound effect in the song too, and it's like this shit was hell as ago, but that shit was fire, and I just like and I listen to the album all the time, so yeah. I'm gonna have to keep for sure. All right, last one we've already talked about, but Pharrell, and give me a song that you really uh pop with with, with Pharrell. Hey, uh, damn, I don't want to say grinding. That's too cliche. Uh, beautiful. Beautiful. When that motherfucker yeah. <laughs> right um, now, I'm like, hey, bro, this nigga just can't miss, bro. He just can't stop to do that or to come with like, excuse me, miss. And that's like type of shit we try to aim for, especially with it being for us. We try to touch a wide variety of everything. That's how you take over the radio. Facts, facts. That's major facts. So our our last two concluding questions are, first and foremost, what's one piece of advice for an up-and-coming producer that that you'd like to share with them? There's a little 14-year-old. He just started making beats. And you know he comes to to the Goonies or comes to you, and he's like, "Yo, I need some game. What you gonna tell him?" Get your paperwork right. Um, read every day. Study on this shit every day because it's changing every single day. Um, build, get around people who you can really trust to the best of your interest. Um, if it's like like we was talking about earlier, like if you don't want to. If you want to just solely just make beats and not really be hands-on, I think you might want to get you a manager and really figure out how to, first I would say, find the lane you want to do first off. Because if you want to do, if you want to be a, a producer who eats on YouTube and selling beats, if you want to be one of those, like you have to really market to that. So you have to spend a lot of your time with promo. You need to spend a lot of time fucking making beats. Um, you got to find a spend a lot of time finding ways to get your shit in front of different artists, how to get your beats chosen over the million other beats that's on that website. So uh, if you want to do that, and I would say if you want to be more of the producer, um, like I was saying, uh, everything before and find your artist, like find you another 14 year old artist or find your older artist, just find the artist and, and build you a sound with them. 
Uh, it's going to take you, even if it's take as long as ever, like we ain't nowhere near where we want to be, but we got a couple artists that we've been being the sounds with. And when you attach our name, people, they think of them. And when you think of them, you think of us, you know what I'm saying? But these are the artists in our circle. So yeah, I would say that. And you just always remember somebody working hard. So don't let nobody outwork you, bro. I love it. I love it. And so let's imagine it's your last day on earth. You're 110 years old. You done lived the life you wanted to live. You know, you've, you've, you've produced for everyone you've wanted to produce for. You've, you've done everything you've wanted to do in terms of music, in terms of, you know, family. But it's your last day. Your great-grandchildren are sitting at your feet and they ask you, yo, great-grandpa, what's one piece of advice on how I should live my life? What are you going to tell them? That's fire. That's a dope ass question. Live it for you and, and treat others. I, I really feel, feel like if you just live your life like to the best of how you want to live it and you treat others how you want to treat them, bro, life will be way not, uh, aside from people's circumstances and you know what I'm saying, accidents and all that shit happen. But if you live just truly for you, like it took me a while to get there just because like my mom used to instill, um, she didn't know no better. You know what I'm saying? Like, just do this. You do this, then you get here and that's it. That's a good life for you. That's all you need. You know what I'm saying? So, but after I hit about 10, like, hey, mama, that ain't it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel you, moms, but that's you. That's what you want for me. That's what you, you see for me. I don't see that for me. So see, see what you see, believe in you for real and, and live for you and just treat others, be genuine and, and really be genuine to others, bro. Like, and I feel like that'll take you far out. If I lived 110, my grandchildren was there. That would be why I was 110 with grandchildren is because I treat everybody, you know what I'm saying? With respect, no matter what. And I work my ass off and shit, we here now. I love it. I love it. All right. So sorry, this this question just busted in my head. Since you were a hooper, let's say, you know, you 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 got on everything lit, you know what I'm saying? Like financially you good, the Goonies is good, you guys have built a uh an amazing you know story and legacy, um, or started building it. Um, who's one celebrity right now that you would want to play one on one in a game of basketball? Any of them rap niggas. Dirt. <laughs> Quavo, <laughs> line up Chris Brown, line, it don't fucking matter. 30, every Anybody. single one of them. I love None it, of, I love it. I love it. They cool, but we a little different out down here. We hoop hey, a little different. I look forward to seeing you on, uh, what's that What's that white trainer's name? Like, no disrespect to white people, it's just he is white. So uh, <laughs> the, the, the white boy's name uh, that be training all them play dudes, uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, Brickley. Yeah, I, I look forward to seeing you in the gym running ones with. Dirk oh yeah, Hill. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> nah, that's one of my goals. That's why I'm trying to get there. I'm like, bro, I need to play these niggas. Hey, I want to be in these. They be like, hey, look out for it. You know who? Probably nice though. I might have to daylight. He kind of nice, nice. I gotta go watch some of his highlights. I ain't never <laughs> he heard got that. some game, man. He look taller. Everybody else, we around the same. Hi, I ain't worried about them niggas, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love it. I love it. Okay, man. Well, yo, I really appreciate your time today. Um, I know that, you know, as a creative, as, as a family man, as, as everything that you're doing right now, it's not always easy to take time out of your day to, to give to somebody who, who reaches out for a podcast. So I appreciate you for coming off to the platform. Um, I look forward to hearing more music from you guys. I see you guys got some stuff coming out with uh, Southside um, yeah. here soon. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Got a project next week with somebody that was on your podcast. Okay. Right, I keep, can't tell the people yet, but hey, keep it keep, keep was on your podcast. All right, bet. Well, keep it keep it quiet. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. Uh, told us. I think it was Bump who told us who said something about this. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Real cool OG, genuine OG. I appreciate Straight it. Up. Straight up. I really enjoyed that podcast with Bump, man. I ain't gonna lie. Sometimes, like. Hey, and Bump, if you hear this, it is what it is. But, like, sometimes when people come on the podcast, like, I reach out to them or they reach out to me, and I'm like, okay, this could be a dope podcast, but I'm not sure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so that's kind of how I was feeling. And then Bump popped on, and he just was spitting game. And, like, his energy is different. I really love Bump, yeah. man. That's a good dude, so. I met him one time. Cool. We interact and shit on the internet and shit, talking shit. But, nah, real insightful OG, for real. Straight up, straight up. Well, love to him. Hey, before we hop off here, shout out all your socials. Um, anything that's coming out that you want to share with the people, feel free. But go ahead and plug yourself real quick. Uh, you can follow us at the Goonies everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, T-H-A-G-O-O-N-E-Z. Um, the website is The Wax, T-H-A-W-A-X. It got beats. Um, we just launched our merch yesterday. Um, we got some music. Uh, let's see what else. We got some music. Two projects coming this month. We got a lot of music on the way. Got Dame shit tomorrow. Um, so make sure y'all go stream that. Uh, we just dropped Gene shit not too long ago. So keep streaming that. Um, appreciate you, bro. Plug what you got. What you got going? <laughs> <laughs> he said, nah, you plug what you got. <laughs> nah, work, work. Hey, I appreciate it. I like, I like the merch you got on right now. I'm, I look forward to go check out the merch that you guys just dropped. Um, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I know a lot of us love to just follow people on social media, but definitely go check out the website. I rock with you guys' website. It's well put together. It was like really easy for me to navigate. So whoever created that for you guys, or if you guys created that yourselves, man, shout out to you. Shout out to him. Now, if you need uh, websites, um, he like got a pretty much like a domain thing, like GoDaddy and them. So it's black owned, you know what I'm saying? Uh, He real reasonable. And like you said, the website look nice. Um, the prices is reasonable. He's going, he work with you. Uh, he, he building uh, pretty much whatever your idea is. So I think if you into, if you're a business owner and you need a website, that's, you should check him out. Who was that by the way? Cause I don't think they caught that. He's a producer. His name is South house. Um, okay, he perfect. can find him on, uh, Instagram at South house beats. He also runs his company is Keysprung. Um, and then on Twitter, he runs the Red Kingdom as well for like the Chiefs and shit. Love it. Love it. Hey, well, love to bro. Love to y'all. I hope you have a blessed day, man. And I look forward to hearing and seeing what you guys do for the future. All right. Appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. Peace and love. Yep. Same to you.